On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Supergirl ultimately gets her happy ending. How many happy Marvel endings Disney Plus Day gave us? And if Ryan and Mike gave each other happy endings when they went to see Eternals together. All of that and more on the 402nd episode of the Superhero Show Show. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book. I am not Cassie, and I have never claimed to be. I'm a normal panelist, Mike, but I've taken over the reins because we gave Cassie the weekend off for her birthday. You took it over... I'm sorry, Mike. Shut up, please. I am talking right now. You took it over... I was literally just about to get to you. Yes, but but it wasn't really soon enough, was it? And I had a thought to say. Um, You took it over... Physically, like violently, with a knife in your teeth, like a pirate. It's a hostile taker. Yeah, that knife is still in your mouth, and you are still talking so clear right now. I cannot believe how well you're doing. That's why parents should send their kids to elocution classes. This is, is it, the kind of things you learn. Is it just knife work? Is it knife and it's, mouth work? It's mostly knife and mouth work, and not always the fun kinds. And we are talking about knife sideways and mouth, not into your mouth. Let's remember that we are knife not sideways and not into your mouth. Yes, yes. clear. Clear as mud, Ryan. Clear as mud. Now, once again, you were passed over for host. How does that make you feel this time? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's uh, another time for Superhero Show Show, or as we call it in my house, Passover. You're very religious. That is a Bob Hope hosting the Oscars joke from like the <laughs> early 1950s. What else? What, what other hopefuls do you got? <laughs> that is the only one. Uh, Was it uh, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby always did the trips? Yes. They were on the trip doing Michael Caine impressions while eating <laughs> Italian food. And you were a fan of this? I love them all. <laughs> what is it, a movie? Not based on a comic? I love it. I love it. What uh, superhero property do you think Bob Hope and Bing Crosby should take over? Oh, Cloak and Dagger, for sure. <laughs> Which one's Cloak? I think that they're... It was at- a different time. No, I so- <laughs> I think that they're actually the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Cloak and Dagger, and they're just in the background of all of Cloak and Dagger's very important life moments. Ah, look at these crazy kids. And, I don't know. And how who was that? Sorry, which one <laughs> was that? That's Bing. Was that both in unison? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say, they only speak in unison as I, their Rosencrantz and Guildensternness. Believe Bing. Correct me if I'm wrong here. And uh, as she always does, uh, the host of You Must Remember This is helping me out a lot. I believe Bing was the pre-dean. And so Bing is very Oh yeah, cuz Bing's dreaming of a white Christmas. Do you think Bing Crosby starts every song with Bing? <laughs> yeah. He's like He's got Pam, a Bing lyrics. <laughs> That's how he finds them out. Ryan, it is a jam-packed show today, which makes me want to ask what are you reading? Com- we never talk about comics on the show. What are the hot comics right now? Oh, what's the hot com? Um, the hot com right now. I don't know, man. Uh, I, we'll talk some shit. How about we talk some shit? 
Let's talk some shit. What comics are really getting your goat? Uh, Nick Spencer finally left uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and I've realized after years, decades of reading almost all Spider-Man comics, that after a while it gets really hard. After you write more than 12 issues, uh-huh. it's really hard for him to not swing through the city and be like, here's a rundown of all the things that make me Spider-Man, and it gets really <laughs> old. Um, and he finally left. And I don't think it was the most successful run. It had its moments. Um, there was one where uh, Craven got all of the animal-based villains in Spider-Man's world, which is, by the way, all of Most them. Most of them? Yeah. yeah. And put them all in one park and then had all, uh, rich people come and kill them, just hunt them. Uh, that was pretty sweet. Craven's doing the Lord's work. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, it was an unsuccessful run. And now it's, like, it's back to weekly. There's four writers. It, everything's just going crazy. Ben Riley is back. Ben, Peter Parker's in a coma. Ben Riley is now the corporate-sponsored Spider-Man. Things are getting crazy, Mike. The 90s really are back in fashion, aren't they? People are talking about Ben Riley and Barton Fink. That's all I hear all day long. <laughs> Does he once again have a sleeveless hoodie as part of his no, superhero costume? No, the Scarlet Spider took that. And so now he's got a very similar costume to Spider-Man, except for like the legs, you know, the eight legs on yeah. his chest. Those stretch out. If you're going to invent a new Spider-Man costume, that's the thing to play with is the spider on the front. Just the logo? Yeah. Because people freak out about anything else? Yeah, unless it's all black, which apparently was very popular before we started reading. I want Ben Riley in Janko jeans and a sleeveless hoodie and a Spider-Man mask, and that's Just his goddamn outfit. Don't be a little 90s. Be all of the 90s you possibly can. <laughs> all the 90s you can be. Just uh, shooting actually... pogs out of his website. <laughs> oh, shit. Pogman? Did you come up with that right now? <laughs> I did, off the top of my nog. He got bit by a pog. <laughs> stop. You need to stop this incredible he, theme song. He stubbed his toe and he threw a slammer down too hard. <laughs> and then it got into his bloodstream and he became Pogman. With the power to flip his enemies on their backs. It's not a sex thing, Ryan. It's fine. This is actually not what we're here to talk about today. It is a jam-packed show, as aforementioned. The main segment, Supergirl's going away. And I'm excited to be the voice of reason here as, Mike, you throw a fucking tantrum. I'm going to throw everything. I'm going to go to the nearest grocery store, hop on my stomach, and slam my fists and feet into the ground while I cry and gnash and wail. Uh, But before we get to that, Ryan, we all saw the Eternals. This week's episode of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Eternals. After multiple delays thanks to COVID, the film was finally released in theaters last week and almost instantly became infamous as the worst-reviewed movie in MCU history. Highly anticipated thanks to the attachment of recent Oscar winner Chloe Zhao, the film tells the story of a group of superhero-esque people who have been secretly watching over humans since the dawn of Earth making sure they evolve at the correct rate, while also protecting them from nondescript monsters called deviants. Mike, you and I pride ourselves as the only reasonable film and TV critics, pulling extreme reviewers from the brink. So, Taste Bud, I ask you this. Can you say something nice about Eternals? It was fine. It was certainly not That's the not worst nice. of the Marvel. No, I, I enjoyed a lot about it. I thought the... Uh the most of the characters there's clear tiers of who's of what eternals they care about and i thought everybody knew their role and did it correctly i like barry kerrigan oh don't even try it barry k barry k elevates that role so much because of who he is man he crushes it so what i'll say nice is the casting everybody 
knew the assignment and fucking cleared the bar. I thought everybody crushed their roles. I'm going to push back on that. Please do. Who do you not like? The two main, the two main people. like uh, Cersei and Icarus? Yeah. like I think Gemma Chan is amazing. And uh, just... I don't know if she was not given enough to do here or she was just straight up told, just be a blank slate for three hours. And Richard Madden from the Game of Thrones, uh-huh. like, isn't, I think that there's this certain charm that people expected him to have, but it was still so doubt. And you could do stuff with that, you know, like mm-hmm. our charm expectation has been risen thanks to the unleashment of Chris Hemsworth after the first two Thor movies, you know, plus uh, Ruffalo, Paul Rudd, like Chris Evans, like there's a long list of, and they all have different kinds of charm. Uh, Sima Liu has a different kind than all of that, but right. like rose above, and these two did not. I, I think uh, Madden's problem was this is still in the Snyder version of what Superman, the the, the modern Superman is only isn't Superman the scariest ever, uh, and. That means he's like, oh, I guess I should be dour the whole time, which makes the heel turn. Oh, spoiler alerts, guys. Just go in. No, skip 10 minutes if you haven't seen it. Uh, his heel turn didn't hit as hard because you're like, oh, the dour guy who'd never connected with anybody is the one who wants everybody to die. That's crazy. But that's why people still expect me to have a heel turn within our group of friends? <laughs> yes. They're like, heel turn, heel turn, just chanting it at you. And yeah, I think you're right. There's a reason why I said everybody did great and talked about tertiary characters yeah uh Gemma chan in crazy rich asians is not one of the main characters but does so much with it and is riveting and yeah it's it's a bummer that her main character trait was she loved humans before everybody else but that didn't show it was just told i would say that she's more interesting and this is crazy in her other mcu character minerva minerva is doing more with less than cersei is (laughs) Was my, it weird, by the way, sorry, that uh, we had two Stark brothers both in love with someone named Cersei? That is a little weird. That is seems like fan fiction for sure. Uh, my problem is, like, I'm not, uh, I, I didn't go back to the 70s to read those, but I, I got into the Eternals when Gaiman did his run, and then I read them. They, they're not normal Marvel characters. It would have been fine to never do a movie about these <laughs> Okay, Mike? Think about what you just said. It would have been fine to never do a movie about a Marvel character. You're being insane right now. I, You have so much more than me. I have never... I can't think of a single time I've read an issue about the Eternals. I think one of the coolest things is Icarus normally is the main guy. I know Cersei was the one who showed up on the Avengers a lot in the 90s, but Icarus, in, in all the Eternals, he's the one, at least in Gaiman's, he's the first. He's the character POV. He's walking around. He doesn't know he's an Eternal. And... I thought it was cool to flip that and make him the heel turn. And like, like I, I think they're doing cool things with these characters, just not cool enough. And too many uncool things. Like, I think that this movie is so... And I will say as well that I agree with you that this is a fine movie. It's in the lower middle tier, if I ranked all the Marvel movies. Yeah, people who are saying it's the worst are crazy. Are they forgetting The Dark World? Are they forgetting Iron Man 2? I hate Iron Man 2 so much. Iron Man 2 is so bad. Um, But there's so many not cool things that I think are, one, because the story is too big, and two, because they said, Chloe Zhao, we want you to do you. We want you to make your movie. And then they were like, oh, no. But not like, mate, we still have a lot of other things that we want to put in there, so you're not making your movie. And I think those are really apparent. 
you know? And it, it reminds me of the Edgar Wright situation uh-huh. of they felt that they could just say, no, Edgar Wright, get off the, the, the set. Like, you're not going to make this. But with Chloe Zhao, they didn't feel like that, especially after winning that Oscar. Right. And instead, they just kept wedging the shit in. And there was a lot of turmoil on the set and then afterwards. Oh, really? Like, uh, do you do you have specifics? Like, what? Like, they're like, hey, you know, that's a beautiful vista, but what if somebody cut floated there for a while? Yeah, and I think that's a lot of it. Is that um, you know, she wants to tell her story with her camera, and mm. that isn't always okay. And she wants to tell her stories in a natural way, which we also got with the directors of Captain Marvel, who had directed movies that were more natural. Uh, they should. They need to just stop hiring indie directors because it's clear they don't want that. Yes, or what if they just let them, you know? Like, I think mm-hmm. that we're at this point clamoring for more original stuff, and the risk is too high. But, and sometimes I think that they have it backwards, where there's a big, let's just be honest, there's a big fifth Avengers movie, right? Like, there's going to be. Yeah. If it's not Doctor Strange 2, then it's going to be something. And so they're wedging all these things in. What if you watch these movies and then wrote Avengers 5 based on what these artists created? And that's clearly not happening. What what felt wedged here for you? Oh, I mean, first of all, the 11 or 10 main characters is so, so stupid. And they cut two. They cut two of the biggest eternal characters, so they could have cut more. Who were those? Do you remember? Uh, One is a guy who looks like a giant thumb with legs. Who's a deviant who's friends with the Eternals. I forget his name. And the other is like a very handsome guy. It's basically like, isn't it crazy that this super handsome guy and this ugly chud are best friends? <laughs> and so they're like, let's just cut those fools. I, I mean, that is the catchphrase for this podcast. So <laughs> I do think it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we were so proud of our little franchise because they had introduced, you know, five characters in separate movies before we finally <laughs> got the Avengers. Like this is what they had done right over all other franchises ever. And this is, in a lot of ways, the most DC of the properties. I I think it's they also succeeded very well with Guardians, and Guardians were the least known. So they were like, this is closer to Guardians and everything else. But yeah, I would have loved a Kingo movie, a Droog movie, a Festus movie. I mean, that's a lot. That's that's 10 different movies. But uh, the thing that Guardians had is that, I don't know if you remember, but one was a tree, and one was uh, not a raccoon, but... It looked a lot like a raccoon, you have to mm-hmm. admit. Um, these these get confusing a little bit. And as good as the, as good as the movie does of like separating the 10, it's still far too many. Far too many. I, yeah, I think the, the, the stuff that didn't fly for me was the, the deviants were completely useful. L- no, what's the opposite of useful? Useless. Uh, Lessful. Other than the push for Icarus's heel turn and the let's get the band back together. But like they didn't, their endgame, the one who learned how to talk, I never understood what his goal was. Yeah. Well, just to, uh, just to be appreciated because I think it's a little like, you know, you guys are the villains to us. Right. And so and so we got like one second of their point of view. Not Obviously not enough. And they're ugly. So we're obviously not going to root for them. Like everyone on the Eternals is a smoke show. Yeah. So we're not going to root for the Deviants. That's insane. But yeah, it's basically but, like you guys are you guys have been killing us this entire time. At the end, and the Eternals are like, oh shit, we're wrong. If he like was like, yeah, let's all kill Icarus together. Instead, he's just like, I'll kill you. Like It, it, it just it didn't make sense. They, they didn't think far enough other than, well, we need some character that people will think is the villain 
before we reveal the real villain. But I mean, what's what's the tall guy? Like way taller than Galactus? The celestial? Uh, the judge. The judge. The judge comes in and says that. Like basically screenwriting 101, he was like, well, we already created the deviants because you needed something to fight. That's how yeah. movies work, right? <laughs> like he basically straight up says it to Cersei. Yeah. Do you feel like they fucked with their own corner enough? Because I've heard both. I've heard complaints that are like Marvel stuff was too wedged in and also it's ignored Marvel stuff too much. And I, I think that's something it did well was these people are doing their own thing and aren't interacting with any of the established stuff other than mentioning them sometimes. Well, I think that the franchise in general, the 25 or 6 or whatever movie franchise that it is, should we should have the faith that if we really, really need it all to connect... If it mm-hmm. if it's not apparent now, it will be someday. You know, so like, right? Uh, Salma Hayek has a line about Thanos that was in the trailer, and that is sort of all we needed. Um, right. And then if Cersei shows up in an Avengers movie or a Doctor Strange movie or whatever, then we have the faith that that's going to happen. Why? It doesn't all need to be connected right now, even though that is the strongest selling point for the right. franchise. It doesn't have to be in our face the whole time, and. It, I, I think that the movie did a good job of just saying, we know, we know what's happened, and then telling their own story. Mm-hmm. All right, we are we are almost out of time. I have one last question, Ryan, for the two post-credit scenes. Are you most excited about the introduction of Pip, the troll, and Eros, the superhero rapist, or Blade and the Black Knight? Um, I did not have these. I had I did not have the first one ruined for me, so uh, I was surprised to see Harry Styles. And the worst effects since the first Harry Potter, as far as Patton Oswalt goes? Well, actually, I've heard that this is the first time they've stopped using CGI on Patton Oswalt. So this is, we've finally seen what he really looks like. Wow. Did you have that Sorry, pre-written? Patton, I love you. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had Bruce Valange do some punch-up for me. I also was one of the only people in the theater who didn't squeal because I didn't recognize Harry Styles. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, I mean, like that's so inside Marvel baseball, like yeah, what Star Fox as Thanos's brother, it's, it's how they were one upping. They're like, Oh, you think the Eternals are obscure? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Here's Star Fox. <laughs> and then the second one was cooler. It was, yeah. it got me more pumped, but it did give me that thing. I don't know. Black Widow did the same thing of like introducing an incredible actor as not that Kit Harrington is, but the guy from Black Widow is as this like love interest, and then just sidelining him for the uh-huh. entire movie, and then bringing him back right at the very end. And this Kit Harrington thing is almost like Thor has to go take a bath. Yeah, but at least it's in the post credit. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But I mean, like his introduction is basically like, "Oh, but I love you." Then comes at the end, "Oh, but I love you." Uh, he's there. He watches uh, the celestial. Pull the clouds away, and <laughs> I'm gonna say borderline Monty Python style animation. Uh, don't didn't don't you wish that if you go back and watch again, you could see the judge like peeking over the clouds, like absolutely dropping on the conversation. <laughs> like somebody points in the sky, it's like what's that? And then you hear him go, "Oh, it's oh. nothing. Don't worry <laughs> about <laughs> it." They should have gotten the guy who voiced God and Holy Grail to voice the judge. Um, All right, but yeah, uh, then Mahershala Ali's voice right at the end was yeah. an awesome way to leave the theater. We are out of time, but overall, everybody needs to chill out. People say it's the best. People who say it's the worst are all dumb. Two and a half stars. It's totally fine. Yeah. 
and clear middle. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, let's see if Supergirl can get more than two and a half stars. On the series finale of Supergirl, Kira decides being a hero for the world has actually hindered everyone's personal growth, meaning the super friends need to partner with and empower them all rather than save them. To do so, they do a season four redux by using their superpowers so Kara can talk to literally everybody on Earth at once, which kind of feels like super heroics, but maybe that's semantics. Quickly defeating Nixley and Lex with the help of every character who's ever been on the show, the gang moves on to Alex and Kelly's wedding, where Kira makes it all about her. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. What lesson is the finale trying to impart on its way out? I mean, the lesson is pretty much stated because they got um, Ally McBeal to come back and say, you know, like, you need to be true to yourself. You need to stop lying to yourself. Uh, And then... So does Carr... It it took six years and Carr didn't learn this lesson even though somebody said that every other episode? But, I mean, you had to figure out that she was Supergirl, which can't grant... Cat Grant does in typical comic book fashion of saying, uh, I've known the entire time you're wearing glasses. And then those glasses become representative of her right. two identities. I think I have a problem with, I have a, so many problems with this fucking episode of television. But with that one, I'm fairly certain they dealt with Cat Grant knowing before. At least maybe, I guess Carr didn't know, but Cat winked at the camera and definitely the audience knew Cat now. But she's at a wedding where Brainy is bright green. The officiant of the wedding makes a joke about not reading their minds. Uh, Dreamer uses her powers to get the bouquet. None of these other people... If you're at this wedding, you know that these are all the super friends. I would think and so. Kara is still pretending like it matters. And she has a line. She's like, hold on, I wrote it down. Uh, I can't imagine being my full self with anybody. So many people know you're both of these people. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's so it's gotten so far and for so long on the show that basically three new people find out every episode, and those three people have varying degrees of like what? Oh. Yeah, and they all become when Wynn showed back up and he's in a superhero costume. I really remember very little about him other than him being the Cisco of this show. If you are friends with Kara long enough, you will become a superhero. Somebody will hand you a leather outfit and a domino mask. Oh God, you need that domino mask. Um, it's been so long since we watched this regularly, so. It's been so long since I've been able to ask, Mike, were you hoping that this was a no-win situation? I did. Instead, it was a win-win situation. Yeah. There was two, two scenes he was in, and I hated it. <laughs> it that, That's fine. You know, do the victory lap. Bring back everybody. Monel's there. People just... Jimmy just shows up again. He's like, I was in town. <laughs> like, Mon- whatever. Monel is there. It's important. Monel is there to stand next to her for two seconds, do nothing, mm. and say, just so you know, I have to go forever. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Never going to come back because <laughs> I decided it. It, I, I think the, the 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 big lesson that she should have learned a thousand times bugged me, and also just like we're at probably the tail end of wedding season in our lives until round two starts in ten years when people get divorced and remarried. You're at your sister's wedding, and you keep picking up your phone to take fucking work calls. She she literally just made it about her every moment. Like it made me. Kara has always been the shining light. Kara and Melissa Benoist, the shining light in this show, even when it gets to Power Rangers level. And it made me hate the main character of the show because she was being such a mopey dickhead in a day that should be fun. And made her the star of the American Idol that the wedding turned into by singing a duet with Wynn. Um, Okay, first of all, let's go back a little bit, Mike, if we can, and then I'm going to address all your issues. (laughs) Uh, With the other episode that premiered that night, uh, the penultimate episode where Brainiac has a plan to kill Lex and Nexium. Mm-hmm. And you saw them die. 
because of hubris ghosts. The hubris ghosts come out. Uh, and they're like, you're too arrogant. And then they take them away. They take them up to heaven, I guess. Uh, but before that, Brainiac has a plan. He's like, all right, I can get you to get those totems back with the power of the sun. But here's the catch. The sun won't work for six months. And Kara says, all right, do it. Now, Mike, I am no scientist. I have many degrees, but I have science degrees, but like, I'm too modest to call myself a scientist. Sure. Do you have a guess as to what would happen to the Earth if the sun was just gone for six months? The sun was gone for six months. Instant ice age, right? Would it be instant? A week, maybe? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm pretty sure we need the sun, Ryan. And then how long until Ice Age 3, the meltdown? <sighs> Two and a half years. Okay. You've got to write the script. It takes a while to animate. So you, you do have all the answers. This is very impressive. Um, I don't think it's good. And Bakara's like, oh, I'm just going to do it. And it's because Esme has been kidnapped. And Esme, I, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be like, anytime I was like, who's that character? I was like, that's not important for this episode. Alex and Kelly have a kid now, whatever. That, that, I do, that, do not ask, that's the kid? That's Esme, yeah. Uh, and so who's Al- Esme? <laughs> Alex is insane about it and says, I will destroy the planet to get my newly adopted kid back. And look, I'm not saying that adoption is different than real. And I'm not saying that like having adopted somebody long ago is more important than new, like newly adopted. But she is saying, I will watch everybody on the planet die, including Esme, if that's what it takes to get Esme back. I get, is, so the point of the show is parents are dumb? <laughs> <laughs> they just don't understand. All right, so cut to uh, the finale finale. And... We've got about 20 minutes of wrapping up Kara not using the sun, but instead using speeches. The, I swear that season four finale, they did the same friggin' thing. They all, it's because they, they had the metaverse contact lenses and everybody's in there and Kara hacked in the mainframe and gave a speech to everybody there to stop. It's, don't be lazy in your series finale, guys. But we also, and... <laughs> I'm sort of getting tired of blaming COVID for everything that sucks about TV. Like, right. But it did. It had this COVID feel of no one was on screen. For the most part, uh-huh. nobody was on screen at the same time. Alex would look over, and her mom would walk out with a shotgun. <laughs> While saying, you know, I've been the worst mom, but blah, blah, blah. I don't... It was so weird to tell... Alex, what a horrible mom she's been the whole time while blowing Parasite away with a shotgun. And then she says, I feel so empowered. I feel like I might be a Krypton from Krypton. Uh And Alex is like, only in the movies, mom. And then weeks 17 times towards the camera. And that was to let us remember that was the mom Supergirl from 1985 or whatever? Yeah. Cool, guys. It's a lot of that. It it, It felt like a parody of Supergirl throughout the, the whole show because they, there was i mean uh the every it's not just all the heroes we've known lex and nikes leo like remember these people we've you've killed for throughout the last six years we're bringing them back with magic and parasite is running at alex and she's shooting him and then he goes to hit her and she goes do not touch me without my consent which like i agree the kids who this is clearly a kid's show need to learn that i don't know if you get to yell that after you've been shooting somebody in the face did you see the title of this episode, by the way? This episode of the podcast? No, what is it? Okay, everybody else has seen it already, so I'll let you find out later. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. That this show... I'm done with toxic relationships. That was another dumb... I think Brainy yelled that. But we also we also have to worry about like uh, 
I don't know, making the conservatives happy by being morons all the time. Like, we want our viewers, we want these viewers, especially these young viewers, to learn the right lessons. Yes? Uh-huh. But you can do it so often in such stupid ways that it's even making the people who believe you roll their eyes. Yes. You know? And that's what I'm nervous about, is that you guys are doing this too often, too poorly, and it's ruining the effect of when it is done well. Do you with with that? Do you think it's okay for a show to start off for people in their twenties or teens and then age down as the seasons go on? Because this does this. It felt like it's made for nine year olds at this point. I don't think it was in the first couple seasons. I mean, I, I guess my argument would would be: Have you actually aged up over the last six years? Uh, clearly not. You've listened to me. The listeners have listened to me over six years. I mean, it hasn't been a very important six years in your life, but. I don't know. It, uh, to me, this feels rushed. This feels like a copy of a copy of a Supergirl episode, mm-hmm. and particularly the first half. I thought that once we got to the wedding, and maybe it's because I'm such a sucker, but this is what finales should be, is this wedding. And once we got there, it was Supergirl cringe. I, I think it's worth... Like, what we love about Supergirl is Alex and Kara on couch. The game night. There's game night moment i think that's how it ended ended and yeah. that's supergirl cringe but it's also great at the wedding there was none of that great character back and forth bouncy like there was them a, all love each other a lot of that cringe though uh john johns says uh-huh. who is the officiant as you said says and i didn't have to read everybody's mind and everyone laughs so immediately so hard it's gross to watch i wanted alex's cousin's date to lean in and go what <laughs> like there's no way every uh, it drove me nuts man to what I think either happened is that they didn't have enough for the wedding or they had too much for the last storyline and they had to cut uh-huh. some of the wedding. But it felt to me like... And I mean, we get this all the time. To have a requisite wedding at the end is not super super original. Uh, yeah. We just did it with Binona Earp. But I thought it was all... That was all good. You know, we got... Everybody's dancing. Everybody has oh, their little I, moments. I love that to be an actor, you have never danced at all in your life. That's the best. That dancing montage, I could have watched for 20 more minutes, man. And to watch them learn and be like, is this how humans interact while they're moving their hips? The one, uh, the most unreal part out of all of it was that Esme runs up to Uncle uh, Jimmy Mm -hmm. and says, I have a present for you. They give each other presents. And then she's like, and I love you. And she's like two weeks she's been in this family for two weeks <laughs> uncle jimmy should have just been like bitch i don't even know you she yeah this is probably the first time they've met right go get me a dirty martini and shut the <laughs> fuck up like a real uncle would <laughs> ryan yeah did supergirl stick the landing yes and here's how it did the single most interesting thing the show has ever done was in the last 90 seconds of this episode and I would love to watch the next episode after this. I would love to watch season seven more than any of the other six. Because Cat Grant convinces excuse me, uh, Supergirl to come out of the closet and mm-hmm. reveal that she's Kara. Kara to take over the... Uh, Edit- she's editor-in-chief. The EIC of uh, CatCo. And so now they do an interview and she says, yeah, that's right, I'm Supergirl. And nobody cares that Kara Danvers is Supergirl. But... Supergirl now has her identity shown. And I don't know, has this been done on TV? I don't know. 
I, I, it's certainly been done in comics. It's certainly been done in comics, but I tried to think of a time where this has been done. And for the seventh season to focus on what it's like to no longer juggle two lifestyles, right. I think would be very interesting. But the show is over and we'll never get I, to know. I also want in episode three, some villain kidnaps Esme because they know who Kara is. And she goes, that's why That's yeah. why I had a secret identity. Shit, <laughs> everybody I know is kidnapped right now. And Alex is like, I can't handle it anymore. Just just take her away. Like It's so <laughs> much every week you know with what? this girl. Nah. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for Supergirl. And that's all the time the world had for Supergirl. But before we move on to our pull list, Ryan, I'm getting told that you, you have a website you wanted to tell everybody about. I did, yes, Mike. Oh, right now? Yeah, now is your platform, yes. Uh, I thought you were going to lead me in with the topic of the website, and then I was going to tell them how I was going to solve everybody's problem. No. It just says Ryan has a website. Okay. Here is the website. Too many people are uh, slaves of the fun straw. The straw that goes up and around and like pretzels and goes mm-hmm. through and do you know what actually happens when you're drinking out of one of those straws that liquid has to oh i'll answer for you the liquid has to go all the way through those loop-de-loops and it's yes. not in your mouth slows that's not fun here's my plan straight straws that go right from the glass to the mouth holy crap yeah why isn't that a bigger deal kids would love that they get to drink their sodi pop so much faster. You know what there's loop-de-loops on? Every fucking other thing, kids. Look at the loop-de-loops on anything else. Not yeah, in straws. It's all over the place. It's on roller coasters. It's in hair. It's business time right now. That apple juice is in the glass. You want it in your mouth and then it in your belly. Do you, do you think that there's loop-de-loops in your belly? No, it's a straight shot from your mouth to your gut. And be, there's, you know, we, we don't want disposable straws because it kills the turtles. Uh... The, lo- the fucking loop-de-loops, do you know what that means? You can use it once and have everything taste fine. After that, everything tastes disgusting. Yeah, it's full There's of... There's no way to clean those loop-de-loops. No, water doesn't go through it for some reason. <laughs> That's a liquid <laughs> that just doesn't work in straws. So, I've invented straight straws. Go to straightstraws.com, and you can have a straw that goes from the glass to your mouth in one single sip. I love this plan. I think on a- we-, we pitch a lot of websites on the show. It's what the show is actually about. It's not reviewing every comic book TV show. It's It's... That's to get websites. people to listen to our website ideas. And most of them, I don't want to be this guy, but I will be, are dog shit. But straightstraws.com is the best idea I've ever heard. And you're the idea guy. I, you're forward thinking. But Ryan, love you to death. You're not a great design guy. And I don't want straightstraws.com to fail. I'm not the design guy. I, or I'm not the website guy. I'm the straw design guy, not the internet right. guy. I've got people coming up to me and saying, hey, love the straight straw. But what if there was a little crink? About three-fourths of the way up, so it bends a little bit. Absolutely not. Hey, bud, when you become an incredible straw inventor like I am, then you can start your own company. But I will not have a crink in the neck of my straw three-quarters up. That's Crink-free zone. So you're the straw design expert and the pitchman. You need a web design expert, and that is our friends at cybersprout.net. They're web design experts. They, they got the digital strategy. They got the elegant design background. They're going to combine those things masterfully. They're going to work hand-in-hand with you. Nobody at cybersprout.net, Ryan, will ever say, what if you cranked your straws? They're just going to put... That's not their job. These? My job That's is to think sh- about the straws. Yes, and their, their job is to do all the... And if you wanted to learn how to web design, they'll help you. They got the tools. They got the training. But they're going to handle security. They're going to handle speed optimization. By the way, Mike, are you going to start calling me Rumpelstiltskin? Because I'm turning straws into gold. 
is that that's got to be at least one of the campaigns for sure. I could not even understand what I said because it got so voice crackly. You brought yourself just so much emotion. <laughs> uh, look, cybersprout.net, your partner for the digital world. They're going to make straightstraws.com huge. We're going to take the quickest of breaks. And when we come back, it's Disney Plus Day celebration because Disney Plus Day was last week. A happy Disney Plus Day to all. Ryan, what did you do to celebrate Disney Plus Day? Well, I bought all of my good friends' gifts. And for you, I, it, still, it still might be in the mail, but I had okay. I uh, crocheted all of the tweets from Disney Plus account and onto a big, long scroll thing for you to frame. It's, it's big, so yeah. you might have to take down all of the other artwork in your house. But that's just like done by nieces and nephews. Who gives a shit about this? Is a gift, man. Or the other thing that you'll do, and I love this about you, Mike, is that you'll uh, you'll go to like a museum that has Monets, and you'll buy a print in the gift store. Gift store, and then you'll be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, look at my real Monet." Yeah, and then I sing Monet, Monet, hey, hey. Yeah, and I laugh and laugh and laugh. All art needs an incredible theme song for sure. That I mean, that was the Mona Lisa's problem for so long. Didn't have one. Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. That, but that's yeah. it, it wasn't there first. Yeah, that's true. It took two hundred years. Um, so let's go through. We want to if if the world was going to explode, all Disney Plus new things except for one thing. What thing are we most excited about? If if Arishim the Judge came down, Arishim, you only get name. one. I didn't look that up either. My brain just said, hey, here's that guy's name. Uh, just so you know, we took a break where Mike got zoomed up into space and talked <laughs> to Arishim, and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Keep my name in your mouth. <laughs> um, so we have to do a bracket, Mike. Um, we have to. I am going to... Uh, I have a bracket here from the board. I did shuffle the seeds, which is your predilection, yes? You you enjoy when the seeds are shuffled? I do. Much like a like gardener. Much like a gardener or how you spent your college years just shuffling all of your seed at bars. Yep. No more sowing oats. We shuffle seeds at bars now, guys. Um, we, there's a couple of other things besides Marvel TV thrown in here. So, what? Um, we're going to argue it out because only one thing we can be excited about. That's the way things work. Mike, your first battle is Moon Knight. Okay. With Oscar Isaac. Should I talk about Moon Knight for a second here? Versus Willow, the original series. I might be the only person who's bummed that Willow, the original series, will not be what we're excited about. Because I loved Willow, the movie. Do you? I mean, have we talked about... Right now, uh, you, me, and our good friend Greg are going through the 91 year on Movie mm-hmm. of the Year, our other podcast. And Hook is really big because you're slightly younger than me. Yes. Um, is Willow in that same camp? Because Willow, for me, was just a big, stupid train wreck. I loved it. So maybe, maybe I, I also don't think you're as swords and sorcery as I am. And there was just, there, sci-fi, even when it was harder to get, there's always been sci-fi. There's always been spaceships and aliens. But for fantasy geeks, we just had so little. You get Kroll, you get Lady Hawk, you get Willow. Like, there's so few for us. So I fucking love it. I haven't watched it as an adult. But I loved it. If you could only see one of these two things. And I will remind you that uh, Willow does have Warwick Davis in it. Love Warwick Davis, but love Oscar Isaac more. I think Oscar Isaac could play Willow, but Warwick Davis could not do the dance from Ex Machina. All right, so we're moving Moon Knight on. 
Yes, please. Okay. Your next battle is She-Hulk versus I Am Groot. Now, there's one thing that we, we should talk about with the Disney Plus announcement. They were re-announcements. Like, last so year... A lot of them were, yeah. Last year, they were like, this is coming out soon. And this year, all they did was say, this is still coming out soon. And I don't even think it was a COVID thing. I think they blew their fucking wad last yeah. year. They did a little... Well, they, they shot it was their the seed. first Disney Plus day. They shuffled their seed. And they're like, oh, we're not going to have that same amount this time. So some news, some She-Hulk did get a new logo and some footage, Ryan. Did you watch any of the footage? I watched the footage. It did not look finished. No. It, but I love Tatiana Maslany. I love Mark Ruffalo. I love She-Hulk. Groot is cute. He can kick rocks. I think Groot might be a kid's show. Yeah, it's a cartoon about young baby Groot being a rapscallion. Your next battle is, and all we really know is the title, it's Marvel Zombies. I don't know if this is uh-huh. based on the What If episode. It is animated. Yes. Uh, or if it's its own new thing. Because, I mean, if it's not based on the What If episode, then we could have full new animation style or right. origin stories. So we don't really know. All we have is the title and the logo. Versus Obi-Wan Kenobi starring Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, which to me is a plus one, minus one, but some people yes. are very excited about the Hayden so, here. The, it, it's so weird. The internet's so weird, man, what you find out other people are into. <laughs> I, I actually think you and I are in the minority now. That I think it seems like the internet is mostly jazz that Hayden Christensen's coming back. And for me, like, there's only one Christian son and it's Jesus. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So this is unholy. Yeah. It, not only is he like not the best uh, Anakin Skywalker, but it's also affecting my religion. So whatever. So you're saying you want to watch more Marvel zombies? <laughs> That's, I mean, no. Because you know what? Because of when I was born, Ewan McGregor is pretty high up there as far as yeah. I will just watch. But I, I like a life less ordinary. That's how much I like Ewan McGregor. <laughs> That's disgusting, and you disgust me. Plus, Ewan McGregor with a beard. It's crazy he doesn't have a beard more often. I love it. I'm here for our fur Ewan McGregor. Also, it's clear that Star Wars should exist only on TV, Yeah, so it's going to be good. That's for damn sure. Uh, is he going to have a beard, but also one of those like long rat tail braids? Yeah, let's get that beaded rat tail like he just came back from Sandals, Jamaica. I cannot believe this next matchup. Again, I shuffled the seeds, much like you did with your jism with uh, hood rats. Oh, that's what... Yeah, yeah, in case, listeners, I used to just get dirty dick all around the bars around town. Did not back him up. I'm not a sailor. These all have been randomized, but listen to this next matchup. It's Agatha, House of Darkness, versus Hocus Pocus 2. House of Darkness. Uh, so the witches, it's a witch-off? It's a witch-off. I love Hocus Pocus. Okay, I figured that... Like this is obviously in the bracket for a reason. It's because you were born in this year, not because not that makes you like things that were born or that came out around your year, but you were born in a year that makes you a moron. Yeah, eighty six. Hey, brother, I'm the one kid my mom didn't stop smoking and drinking for, and I think it shows in the things I enjoy watching, like Sorry, Kathy and the Jimmy focus. movies. <laughs> I I celebrate all of Kathy and Jimmy's career from Hocus Pocus to the Sisters Act. To just shoot me, probably. Are you? Would you? Would you want to? Are you more excited for that than a show starring Pop Filter Hall of Famer Catherine Hahn? No, I got to go House of Harkness. Okay, I was a little nervous there. The next matchup is Ironheart 
Riri Williams. She's coming. This is one we've just heard. She's coming forever. We go nothing, but we got a logo now. We're going to have to work on the uh, pronunciation of Riri Williams. Because those, That's on them. Those R's start firing, and they don't stop firing. Um, versus Welcome to Earth. And this is a show about Will Smith, but it's on here for one specific reason, Mike. It's the best named show in the history of television, Ryan. I am disappointed it's Welcome to Earth, not Welcome to Earth. I think Earth is spelled incorrectly here, yes? <laughs> yes, it's Earth is E-A-R-F. To, to have... Did he know when he was in Independence Day punching a puppet alien saying Welcome to Earth that someday his whole career would be based on that? Like one the line? only thing he has left is just <laughs> this one line. It's bananas. I got it. Welcome to Earth. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I know this is because it's a female-led show with Ironheart, and that's why you're choosing against it. No, I just went Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Well, you're you're probably hoping there's boys in that. Um, I did see some footage from Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth, and it's uh, Will Smith sitting on the tallest tower in the world. Uh-huh. He, he is high up there, and he is not. He's, he's freaking out. He's not freaking out or crying <laughs> like I would be. I would just be hugging the ground. Um, but still, I uh, I went to the top of the Sears Tower. I forget what it's actually called now, but what used to be called the Sears Tower, and they had the glass bottom balconies. And a kid just started jumping, and I. <laughs> was going to murder this child i I had a panic attack every picture of me on there it looks like somebody trying to not shit their pants and failing there's no reason to not jump because either you know nothing's gonna happen like you trust in the foundation right. the architecture or it does break and what a story that is <laughs> so just jump ryan uh we are at an impasse so say heads or tails tails it is heads welcome to earth moves on so sexist. I don't want people to say we're just like Marvel heads all the time. Yeah, that's the real reason. Now, now we have two female-led shows, mm-hmm. so you got to choose one. Of them, I abstain. It's it's Ms. Marvel <laughs> versus Echo. I think that we all know what Ms. Marvel is at this point. Um, yeah, you know, like first Muslim main character in Marvel comics history, uh, who ha- is also like a super fan girl. That's a lot of her appeal is that she's a fan of the superheroes like we are, and then she gets the superpowers. What, what if the f- we got superpowers? Yeah. What the fuck is Echo? Echo is Echo. dope, but it, it, it's it's a dope uh, physiological thing, Ryan, where their sounds ver- reverberate back like on a rock wall. And it, so it's just filming sounds. It's just the filming of sounds. So it sounds and visual. Uh, Echo was a early two thousands. I want to say Brian Michael Bendis created character. She was an adopted daughter of Kingpin who raised her to be a warrior and assassin. Convinced her Daredevil killed her dad when it was really him who killed her dad. She has Taskmaster's powers. Uh, she can recreate anything she sees, and she is deaf. Um, she's she's a badass. She is Daredevil for a while. She's Ronin for a while, but. Those are the two sluttiest fucking superhero titles. Daredevil and Ronan? Yeah, everyone gets Everybody's to be those two. Everybody's been one, yeah. Uh, but Ms. Marvel is a different kind of character. Like, I, I, We've seen neither hide nor hair of Echo in anything, and I don't care. It's Ms. Marvel, man. She's going to be so fun and delightful. I'm a Kamala fan from way back. I think that uh, the reason to pick Echo here would be because there's a lot of rumors where if Marvel Netflix is coming back, it's going to be on the show Echo. Right. I don't care about Marvel Netflix, so I'm going with Kamala Khan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like memory is doing a lot of silver lining for people. Like they are forgetting how bad and boring so many things were. Yeah, if you listen to the uh, 400th episode of Superhero, Marvel Netflix took quite the drubbing. So, because we do not forget. 
Marvel Netflix is our 9-11. So Ms. Marvel moves on? Yes. All right. So I want to go slow here, Mike. I don't, I don't want to do this next battle, Ryan. Actually, I'm going to go. We're going to move down. Uh, season two <laughs> of What If uh-huh. versus Secret Invasion. Okay. So What If had a couple of fine moments and let us down in a lot of ways. And Secret Invasion, I don't know how they're going to pull it off. It has to be in name only. There's no way they're doing Secret Invasion from the comics. Why? they don't have enough characters. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean... The, the story, is, I think, can be there. It's just that uh, whether or not Captain America or Iron Man is a scroll, that's going to be kind of hard. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to tell people what the comic book storyline was? Oh, yeah. The scrolls. Uh, somebody finally realized that these goofy bad guys that have been around since the 60s are actually the scariest bad guys and start taking out superheroes and replacing them for years, right? Like, for long amounts of time. Here's why I'm excited. And honestly, if what if, as much as I like some of the episodes, if that was a one season thing, cool. That's fine. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like the better Marvel series are the ones that have a story mm-hmm. that will they can tell in six to eight episodes instead of this is just named after a character. And we have a right. glut of those. So we had Loki and Captain America and Winter Soldier, or I'm sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then we have She-Hulk... Moon Knight, Ironheart, Ms. Marvel, Echo. Like, these could all just be season ones. Right. Where a secret invasion is a story that probably has to be wrapped up at the end of that season. And I'm kind of stoked about shit like that. And they haven't done that yet. The only one that comes close is WandaVision. Is not... Mm -hmm. It's just... It's not just the name of one character, but it is probably that entire story. It's the name of two characters. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for... Can they do it? Uh, More Nick Fury and Samuel L. Jackson is always cool. I'm pumped. All right. Secret, what if can kick rocks? Secret Invasion moves on. Uh, our final battle, and I would say that this is bearing the lead. So hardcore. I cannot believe that Cassie is not here. Uh, I cannot believe that our good friends... That's why she left, I heard. The Lules are not here to... The, or the Leebalds, excuse me, to uh, talk about the biggest news from Disney. And do, do you think that this is the biggest news for everyone? Yes. Out of It feels like it. All of Disney Plus Day did the thing that reverberated across the country the most is that X-Men 97 is going to be season four, five? Five. Six. 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 Season six. <laughs> of, counted together. Of X-Men the Animated Series. And Mike, I got to tell you that I'm kind of pissed about this. That, that we're not like brought in? That we were not <laughs> consulted at least, right? Or that they didn't leak it. I, don't, that I feel like they've been very bad at being coy. Like, I fucking knew. I don't know if I'm smart and saw the Matrix or like, but in the last two weeks, I was like, they're announcing. Something's they're involved up. with something getting yeah. announced. Now, this is going against Spider-Man Freshman Year. And real quick, um, Spider-Man Freshman Year is a different animated show that is going to tell the origin of Tom Holland's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which is not something that we have seen in the movies. Haven't seen. And it'd be fun to see bad guys like the Beatle. <laughs> I see. I like. There's got to be bad guys, right? They're not going to just be robbers. Probably not just all robbers, um, but this is going up against X-Men 97. I have, look, a lot of the reason why we like the Tom Holland uh, series is because we didn't have to sit through the origin again. Right. But I'm not, I can see X-Men 97 not just taking this bracket down because I'm a little nervous about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that so much of the reason that we like it is because of how crazy it is. And right. I can see a new one either ironing out that craziness 
or trying to recreate the, that craziness. Lean into it. And yeah. both of those sound terrible to me. I think it's going to be it. So, like, the head writer, this is why you should be pissed, is like our age. Like, <laughs> the, the creator and like the Leewalds uh, are consulting, but the whole original cast is back. They announced it in the with the Wolverine meme. Like, I don't know. It feels like they know how to catch lightning in a bottle the second time. All right. Um, but what about the opportunity to see Spider-Man's origin for the first time in oh. a really, really long time? The pearls drop. Uncle Ben says responsibility. He dies. Nah. X-Men all the way. All right. X-Men takes that one, but may not move very much farther because nobody cares about the X-Men animated series. Uh, all right. Mike, speed around. You ready? Yes. First gut. Moon Knight versus She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yeah, me too. I love me some Jennifer Walters. Obi- and I'm so worried. Moon Knight, uh, I think Oscar Isaac can crush it, but I'm I'm worried about the shadow of Marvel Netflix. Oh, yeah. And adding four extra episodes when they weren't necessary. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan versus Agatha. Uh, Obi-Wan. Oh, my God. <laughs> you said gut. Go. That surprised me. Uh, welcome to Earth versus Mrs. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Yeah. let's. The joke is been done with welcome to earth we yeah, can move we can't on now keep going. yeah and then finally x-men 97 versus secret invasion x-men 97 i'm saying flip the coin flip the coin heads or tails tails it is tails secret invasion moves on you're surprising in the worst way she hulk versus obi-wan she hulk and ms marvel versus secret invasion ms marvel Am I flipping again? No. And She-Hulk versus Ms. Marvel. She-Hulk. She versus, versus Ms. <laughs> These woke SJWs getting what they want. So Jennifer Walters, Tatiana Maslany, Mark Ruffalo, uh, a Tim new Roth. Hulk, maybe <laughs> the same comedy from the comic book, maybe breaking the fourth wall, maybe a little bit of knowledge, maybe uh, the Sopranos, how the Sopranos was like, what if the mafia had a therapist? What if <laughs> there was a lawyer in the superhero world? I'm I'm super down for all of this, dude. Yeah. She she's one of the best characters and I trust this actress to handle her. It's going to be dope. Your winner of the Disney Plus 2021 bracket is She-Hulk. Congratulations. Maybe but one day in episode 800 of this podcast, Defeat Legends of Tomorrow for the best show of our era. <laughs> when we come back, Mike is going to host. <laughs> Now it's the time for the polis where we talk about every other show that came out this week, starting with Batwoman. Uh, in this week's episode of Batwoman, Ryan's mom has invited her to a dinner, which goes south when an ex-chef poisons and tries to murder them all. After Marcus hella stabs the chef, we learn that Marcus was turned into a sociopath after a run-in with the Joker as a kid. Okay. Meanwhile, Alice tells <laughs> Mary about her hallucinations, and we find out that Poison Ivy infected another person. Taste Mike, I ask you this. Do you got a worse dinner party story than this? Than this? Yes. Let me tell you about the time I found out my cousin had a run-in with the Joker and then therefore got the serial killer gene. Or I love this idea of like your dinner parties will go as whatever Batman villain you met as a kid. Yeah. So was it like Firefly? You'll probably be fine. You're probably going to burn the the soup, but it'll be fine. There's going to be a, yeah, a, a dinner table side flambe it's gonna be awesome uh the why i love batwoman it's so funny it this would already have been a tense dinner because ryan and sophie show up to jada's house and jada's a piece of shit but is the kind of piece of shit she's a real logan roy if she's allowed to say whatever she wants to anybody but if you 
intimate that maybe she's not the best, she will freak out on you. She'll say, fuck off. Fuck off. Uh, then Marcus shows up and is mad at everybody for not being invited to dinner. And his date is also like a therapist, a family therapist for some reason. Little, they don't know. That's already like, uh, it's on plot. But Professor Pig is an ex-employee who's decided he's going to kill them all tonight. Wait, hold on. Grant Morrison's Butcher uh-huh. with a Mask on? Professor Pig? Yes. PYG? Professor Pig? PYG. He he prepares them a suckling pig, and but has put paralytic, which I don't know if that's a real thing, but they all say the word paralytic a lot in this episode. Uh, so they all start to paralyze. So they are running around the house like a little drooly. Their jaws aren't working. Their limbs are barely working while he's chasing them. That- it cut that sounds hilarious wait like running with limbs that are numb yeah they're, they're like trying to open doors and they're just like flopping on door handles and stuff like is it they all slept on all their arms and legs yes and then woke up they're trying to stranger with all their limbs and the reason he's not very fast is uh ryan did like everybody's like what are you talking about in the middle of his speech she does stab him she like puts it together faster than everybody else and she's like with the last ability to grip anything she stabs him in the leg so we have a hobbled maniac chasing a bunch of slowly falling asleep people it was amazing man i can't i honestly can't tell is this if this sounds wonderful or so terrible it's wonderful but it's either way it's wonderful in 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 the middle of it there's like panic rooms and there's like jada being a shitty mom and ryan saying i never needed you sophie and ryan wondering if they're on a real date or if it was a fake date marcus saying hey maybe i have the joker serial killer gene It, it was bananas man so like a normal family dinner it's a normal family dinner Okay, so maybe I, I hate, you know how I hate to tell Marvel to take notes from DC, but uh-huh. if the Eternals was just one big reunion dinner, just an awkward two and a half hour just dinner. A clue style whodunit. <laughs> <laughs> and they invited Delightful. one deviant. <laughs> well, you got to keep it spicy. Uh, my moment of the week is, uh, so the, the, the main arc of this season is they're trying to find all the Batman's trophies and they call them weapons of mass destruction. And when if, if it's a hat that makes you hypnotize an entire room full of people or the Mr. Free stuff, sure. But Catwoman's whip counts because apparently she stole some of Bat Tech and her whip is indestructible. So it counts as a weapon of mass destruction. But it's still just a bull whip, right? Yeah, it's still just, it just whips whatever is like in, ahead of it. Can you, like, when you whip it, does it launch a nuke onto a country? No, it's no. still just a bull whip that you can't cut through if you get tied up. I got to say it. that the big news on the internet and shows like, there's so many shows that we watch that are never talked about online. Yes. Like, <laughs> where they should only be talked about. Uh, but Batwoman is still kind of a big deal. And the big deal this week was Catwoman was mentioned. Like, Catwoman is in this world, which to me, Professor Pig being here is way more crazy. Yeah, Catwoman, duh. She's going to show up. But it's also funny because Alice and Renee Montoya talk about Catwoman. And Alice is like, did you hear her and Batman had a thing? Like, like I like that there's like hot goss in this world. <laughs> we do find out that Renee Montoya and Poison Ivy had a thing. And that's the actual arc. She wants to find all the Batman trophies because she's actually trying to find Poison Ivy. Uh, my second moment of the week is Sophie and Alice are just watching a horror movie together and bugging each other like shitty roommates. And it's delightful. Batwoman is on the CW. What night this week? I think it's Wednesdays. It is on Wednesdays on the CW. Up next is The Walking Dead World Beyond. On this week's episode of TWDWB, the group is still questioning who can be trusted within, but they will have to put that to the side as a shocking message sets a new message into, mo- message into motion. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. 
What is the most shocking way to receive a message? Ghost writing a message to Steam on a mirror? Ransom letter made out of cutout magazines? Or text from your mother after your brother posts something on Instagram? Oh, it's 100% skywriting. Skywriting. The most shocking of all message delivery I mean, systems. If, like, when my mom calls, I still have this, like, image of when I was a kid. I was a latchkey kid and her key hitting mm-hmm. the door and, like, freaking out. Like, my mom just being around still gives me so much tension from back in those days. But if I found out that she has hired airplane oh, yeah. pilots to put notices in the sky to me, but for all to see, that's I, I'm having a panic attack literally right this minute. Ryan, call your mother <laughs> just in the sky. That fucking How Jersey does this bitch. guy and get the accent in? TWDWB is on Sundays on AMC. Are you thinking about right now, though, The Walking Dead WB? As if the yeah. show came out on the WB. WWWB. Up next is Fear of the Walking Dead. On this week's episode of Fear of the Walking Dead, we get a twin side quest when Josiah shows up. And but instead of bonding, Lord of the Rings like adventures, it's more of a hashtag twin betrayal adventure where they're both just using each other to find others in their group. Chase was asking you this: If you had a twin, do you think they would be your best friend or best enemy? I think that we would have lots of sex. <laughs> so you're a Jamie and Seriously kind of guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, Fear the Walking Dead is on Sundays, also on AMC. That's the night they own on AMC. Up next is Doom Patrol. On the third season finale of Doom Patrol, Madame Rouge is still on the run, and Rita is still trying to get the team to be super. The brain is able to get into Cliff's robot man, Cliff Robot Man's body, which means Cliff is in charge of a ten-story robot, a ten-story robot that's walking towards a little league game ready to explode. The non-super team saves the day, which convinces them that maybe they should become a super team. Taste buds ask you this, and this is a weird question, so bear with me. All right? Are you ready? Did the third season finale of Doom Patrol stick the landing? uh, I mean, first of all, incredible journalism. Hell of a question, Mike. Thank you. I don't know how to answer that because, as I reported last week, that they had so many spinning plates, so many balls in the air, that there was almost no way that this episode could be good. And it was good. Because they just ignored three quarters of them. <laughs> they just didn't give a Can you shit. Do that? I don't know. And it is picked up for a four season. So okay. you don't have to wrap up every plot line in each season finale. But man, did it feel lazy. Or it just <laughs> felt very lazy in its deep focus of like, we're not even going to mention half the shit we've talked about. That's a wild choice. It did work, though. And because... Because really, the human mind is only equipped to deal with what's in front of it and not remember the stuff that's not in front of it, you know? So mm. it wasn't for like days later until I was like, but wait a minute. Why I oughta? Why I oughta? Do you think they, because the last season finale was so bad because of COVID stuff that they knew they could skate pretty easily as long <laughs> as it was better? <laughs> they, they learned their lesson of, oh, none of this matters. We can just do whatever <laughs> we want. But they, hey, sometimes the day ends and you're just done working. Am I right, guys? They had the important part though, because Cliff was a ten-story robot, and uh, going and he was going like the paragraph was a little misleading that you read. The robot was about to explode, not the little league game, right? The oh, robot was I going that shit was going to go off, <laughs> going towards the little league game, and it was about to explode. And we got an incredible moment with uh, Cliff and Jane inside the head of the robot, just sitting there talking, and how Jane's mm-hmm. not going to leave him. And that was pretty effective. And then Rita gets such great control of her powers that she's able to grow into a Rita the size of, not like a blobby, floppy yeah. robot, or not a blobby, floppy Rita. A kaiju Rita. But like a giant 10-story ten, ten tall Rita and oh, stops the robot. 
and then <laughs> and then it just doesn't explode. Why doesn't it explode? Explained in season four, Mike. That's all he can say. <laughs> but it doesn't explode. There's no time. But then they all go back to the house and they're like, you know what? We did do kind of good. Should we just finally be a super team? And Rita's like, yes, Jesus. I've been saying it for months. <laughs> but they, they really do all finally put their hands in. And so season four of Doom Patrol is, I think, Doom Patrol, possibly. <laughs> it's finally Doom Patrol. It might be Doom Patrol. <laughs> do you have a moment of the week? <laughs> yeah, my moment of the week is uh, got to be from that scene where uh, Rita is like, look at the news. Look, we saved the day. Look, we stopped this problem. And Larry, very casually, real quick, that we caused. And I, love, <laughs> I just love that whole attitude of like, look at all of the things that we can solve right. that are totally our fault to begin with. <laughs> but you just get the pride from the solving it and not the, mm-hmm. the, the guilt from being nope. the cause. <laughs> Uh, Doom Patrol was on Thursdays on HBO Max. It'll be back next year on a night on HBO Max. Next up is Lock and Key. On episodes 204 and 205 of Lock and Key, Duncan is starting to crack after Aaron and the kids put his memories back. Meanwhile, Scott sees Gabe and Eden being shady, but Kinsey doesn't believe him until Eden gets drunk and says she wants to kill Kinsey. Mean Meanwhile... Tyler takes Jackie to Bath, England for her birthday before her 18-ness makes her forget everything, and now it's her turn to freak out. Taste Buds, I ask you this. If the first season was about how power has its dark side, is this season covering how inherited power makes people extra naive and arrogant? I think so. I don't know if the show is smart enough to do that on purpose, but that is... But you got to admit, that is a really incredible question for me to ask you like that's yeah, pretty Ryan. intuitive on my part killer question Thank man. You, you, Mike. You, you, you should go into business writing questions about stuff <laughs> it it's not a focus and I, I think the show would stumble if it was a focus but in every episode the kids tell somebody uh but we're locks so we can handle this or maybe aaron who played with these keys longer than we did but you've been out of the game for 10 years we are locks, and it's in our bloodline, so maybe we should handle this. Like they give Bodie huge responsibilities just because he's a lock, <laughs> even though he's a dumb six year old. It's bananas. So I do, I do think the show is either subtly or accidentally being like, isn't it dumb to have bloodlines base anything? Like inheritance shouldn't matter at all. Well, I mean, just think about how stories for years, just like real life for years, and by years I mean centuries, are just like, well, you should stay here because you have a vagina, and I should go because I have a penis. You know, like that mm-hmm. does make me more prepared. And the only reason it makes you more prepared is because of the story we've all been telling ourselves of right. that the fact that you have a penis makes you more prepared. That's the same way that bloodlines work. It's it's crazy because it's it's not even kids are right and adults are wrong. Because that, that would be a more typical way of telling the story and like they, they do tell their kids and like their kids their friends who are kids what's going on it, at this point the whole half the school fucking knows about the keys they are not subtle about it all but yeah it, it's this very weird arrogance that i never expected from these characters oh every episode is the brother going like uh bop 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 i'm uh, hanging on the door and i'm dancing i'm swinging hey i'm just gonna tell like 12 kids at work at school today that about the keys is that cool bop bop to do bop and the other two are like yeah i guess 12 12 is not that many I guess go for it. <laughs> and constantly, Bodhi is the one, because he doesn't have friends anyway, and he doesn't get you got to lure friends in with power or alcohol. He's just like, why are you doing this? He'll learn. He will definitely learn. It uh, it was awesome, because in the middle of their adventures, they're still fucking going to parties. Tyler does do a very sweet, he, he does like a banner on Jackie's 
above Jackie's locker and decorates it. And he's like, that's not the birthday present. We're going to Bath, England. And I have to say Bath, England, because if you're just like, your birthday present is Bath. It's <laughs> dirty. And that's not what the show's about. Is Bath, England still a thing? I thought that was like uh, Dark Ages. Like the town? Yeah. I, I guess I, they went there. I, I didn't fact check the show. I thought that in the Dark Ages, they, there was a town called Bath, but not a thing called Bath. Yes. Because that causes diseases was bathing. <laughs> oh, no. That's why soap. You hold a little bag of decaying flowers near your nose and you're fine. Black Plague was just gangrene. Those disgusting mm-hmm. people. <laughs> uh, and th- they're all growing air. So Tyler's like, hey, let's go to Bath. Bodie's like, hey, I'm with the Anywhere Key. And he visits his friend Rufus, who now lives in Nebraska. <laughs> uh, they're, all, they're all just like fucking around. While, but at the end, they're like, wait, Dodge might still be around? It, and they, here's where the arrogance comes in. There's constantly, there's weird stuff happening, like Scott beating the shit out of Gabe while he's screaming, I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this while his fists are hitting Gabe in the face. Uh, that's a pretty good strategy, though, for if you want to fight somebody. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> From now on, for sure. Just yell, this isn't me. And Kinsey's like, no, I don't believe you until she hears drunk Eden be like, I'm a demon and I'm going to kill you. And now they're like, so now finally, lo- I thought they were going to play it out the whole season, but end of episode five. They know Dodge is around. They know demons are out there. Shit's going to go down. So drunk demons, or demons are just like drunk high school kids in that they'll just say willy-nilly yeah. all of the shit they should not say. For sure. Because at first it looks like Eden Demon wants to like make out with Kinsey, but she's like, and I'm going to kill you, and then passes <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, how much is the show uh, doing with Tyler's clicking talk? Ty- oh, well, he his panic is all focused on Jackie because right. she turned 18 in this birthday. But, but there's definitely, in his eyes, it, they're starting to flicker back and forth a little quicker. Like, oh no, I'm also going to go this way. Because what, what does he have, six months? He has six months, and I think seeing the way Jackie's reacting, and Duncan is, they are fucking, they, they're just putting stuff in this guy's head, taking him out of his head, and now he's just working on his car because if he's focused on this, like with, with Duncan and Aaron, they are doing like a pretty solid mental health thing. Where he's like, if I focus on fixing my car, I don't have to worry about literally anything else that's going on in my world. About like past traumas that are resurfacing or surfacing or forgetting or remembering. And nobody's handling Duncan well. And that is my moment of the week is they Duncan is cracking in front of them. So they leave. They say, hey, Bodie, ditch fourth grade and watch her uncle who could murder you and is constantly forgetting where he is and who he's talking to. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I think one of the biggest differences between me and you is that I didn't discover ditching until junior year of high school, <laughs> but you were told to ditch all the time at about fourth grade at yeah. like a junior year of high school rate. Just I've been ditching before I got pubes. <laughs> and by Duncan, you mean Unky Dunky, right? Unky Dunky. Okay. Your final... Oh, Lock and Key is on Netflix. Watch it week by week with us. Don't binge. Uh, your last show of the week is Legends of Tomorrow. On this week's episode of Legends of Tomorrow, the gang finally makes it to New York and meets Dr. Gwen Davies, who I got to say looks a lot like Cassie. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought as well. Uh, I was going to say it looks a lot like you, Mike. No, I think it looks like Cassie. Okay. This doctor has the... But Cassie blended with you. Mm. Does that kind of turn you on? <laughs> a little. Uh this doctor is the first time machine, which means the legends might finally make it home. But they fucked up the timeline so many times trying to get there that they have no choice but to do a bunch of missions. Taste Mike, I ask you this. What do we make of this new Matt Ryan actor who made his debut in this very episode? I guess it's a cute joke for everybody to say a different former legend. 
that he reminds them of. There, like it was annoying until it got me. There was uh, one, yeah. when I think it was Katie Lotz who was like, "No, it's Roy," or he looks like Ray. But never mind. We got to like <laughs> yeah. that's when it finally got me. Yeah, because six times the charm. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "Okay, fine," but. Yeah, were they just out of Constantine's stories, but they didn't want to lose Matt Ryan? But I, We've talked about this so many times, especially because it's the greatest show in superhero hour, or superhero show show history. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brandon Routh and Mick Rory contract things are so weird. Yes. And then the Zari thing is weird. Like, yes. why did you do that? And now this, Matt Ryan has said, I will play Constantine in any TV show, any movie, and now he's not that. What are we doing here? It it really I felt like this this is so the contracts end the the Brandon Routh McRory but then there's also uh Vixen to Charlie and so it's like we don't want to lose the actor but like in my head for a while are the actors like, getting bored? Yeah, the actors getting bored or they not want to make out with who they're supposed to make out with anymore. For a while I was like, is Nick Zano a dirtbag because. If you get with him, eventually you'll be a different version of yourself and we'll no longer have to get with him. Just awful breath. And he won't fix the problem. <laughs> Refuse it. Look at me. I'm handsome. I don't need to brush my teeth. He puts all of his mouth product in his hair. and mm-hmm. That's why his ma- hair looks so good. And his mouth fucking stinks like hair. Just hairspray straight on the tongue. It's it's baffling. Though I guess maybe you're bored playing somebody who's cool with problems. So you're going to be this fussy, muling scientist guy who yeah who i guess is supposed to be sort of like a i don't know like an audience entry like oh what what look at all these time travelers <laughs> there's, there's so many of them but we've had versions of that i i don't know I, if they're like challenge can we make matt ryan unlikable then you you did it you guys <laughs> you, you nailed your challenge okay I, I i liked him a little bit more than you did i guess but uh Nothing to. There's still nothing to hang on to there, you know. But I was. I got to admit that I was so tired of Constantine shit, Mm -hmm. and I feel bad for saying that because what I'm saying is I'm so tired of Constantine's addictions and serious rehab needs, um, which is what I keep saying to the members of my family. But that I'm. Is this what I wanted though? Is for him to take on an entirely different bearded character? Because he had zero beard before. You have to admit and now that. And it's mostly beard. I mean, he had five o'clock shadow. Does that count? Oh, that's five o'clock shadow. So sexy. It's true. Um, let's get to the rest of them. This is the first episode in a while, maybe ever, that are dealing with the giant footprints, thumbprints, handprints right. that they're making in time, and it finally all goes to shit. I started laughing out loud. Where I think it's uh, Sarah and Barad are in the room and people start disappearing and they're like, Oh, we have to fix everything. And then it cuts to Nate and Zari and Thomas Edison just dies because yeah. of them. And I was like, Oh legends, you're not getting out of this shit. No, you've <laughs> taken it too far. Yeah. Ava and Gary just disappear and they start freaking out. And I like, they're like, just take that piece you put in and everything will be fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they pull it out and it is not. It's like, and it- then, uh, yeah, on the the other side, the, the, they kill Thomas Edison, so they hide under a desk, and then a robo Thomas Edison and another robo uh, Hoover just show up. S- show up and just start expositioning everywhere. I have to say, yeah. this is one of my favorite scripts of all time, ever written, movies, TV, anything. It's got Quite two amazing things in it. One, uh, what's her name? Astra? 
uh-huh. grant a rock luck, and then yeah, that the, rock the just makes rock. things happen in the script. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> and in the meantime, um, there's a Hoover robot that can read human emotions and just yes. cuts the chase of any scene that is going on. There is some great things in this episode. Yeah, because Donut Zari uh is been hanging out and nate's like what if we just live in this house it's not in the same dimension so nothing will blow up and she's like yeah that'll be great and hoover is just like no does not compute you're lying (laughs) no i'm not i can tell you're lying again you're double lying there it is weird i would say uh if the person you're dating doesn't want to live in your dimension or any dimension because she wants to hang out with a thousand versions of herself yeah man you got to end it yeah, I was going to ask, because Zari, it's, it's not that Zari doesn't want to move in with Nate. It's that Zari wants to live in the totem and not yeah. John's mansion. Uh, right. But every time we saw the totem, it was just Zari 1.0. What else is in there? I think there's other versions of Zari. So like, you go, out your, go outside of your house, and you look down the cul-de-sac, and it's just a thousand other Zaris outside of their house? Yeah, I could be misremembering, but that's I, I feel like we've seen a flash of her doing those like insurance commercials where it's six versions of her. But if they're all Tala Ash. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I would go. But she's not inviting you. And I don't think she's inviting Nate. Well, she's inviting Nate. And as we have made clear on this show before, Nate and I are basically identical. That's true. And Tala Ash and I are basically identical. I have better hair than Nate. People have been saying that. Yeah. Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is, I already said it, but it was, uh, I think Sarah, it might have been Zari saying... Uh, I thought he looks like Ray, but whatever. Like, just yeah. moving on just with the joke. Like, like, can we please just kill this joke for the sixth now time? Now we all get the joke. Uh, <laughs> mine is uh, Gary. Gary's been like Nate. You got to have real talks with Zari because Gary's. I hate Gary. Uh, but so Nate and Gary have a weird look back and forth, and Zari clocks it, and she goes, "Did you and Gary hook up? I won't be mad. Just very confused, and that made me laugh." But I mean, when you are traveling with the legends and you see two people look at each other weird, you got to assume, oh. They at least made out, if not fucked. They at least made out. At this point, they all have kind of made out, right? (laughs) That is all the shows and all the time we have. Before we get out of here, Ryan, I did not get to finish my talk with Homo Superior last week. Oh, are you serious? You talked for so long. So we're going to finish that this week. Oh, okay. And I'm sure you'll see. It's delightful. There's five of you. There's five OGX men, and and most groups have that. Have you done the oh yes best person years? Oh, Caitlin's oh. like I have it written down. I <laughs> know uh, we we did it on podcast early on, and then we we for our 200 episode we got we asked for listener questions like through Twitter and Instagram, and somebody asked like who are you know who are you uh, from the original five? Who are you from the current five on Krakoa, which are the mutants that like uh, do the resurrection protocols? So. Uh, I'm Cyclops. Um, nice. uh, Brent is Beast. Adam, I think we said you were Iceman. Uh, yes. Clark is Jean Grey, Marvel Girl, and Ryan is yeah, Angel. Yeah. But then Adam and Ryan had a disagreement about who was actually Iceman, and no one is actually <laughs> Angel. Uh, so, <laughs> so two, two Iceman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what's funny that that they asked that is because, like, even nowadays still we had a really we had a really crazy couple of months i feel like where every time we we're at a bar on a weekend we would just pick like all right x-men now justice yeah. league uh now do this movie like it was always just like well, who are we what are i i mean that's such a fun thing to do with friends um yeah. so if you don't you should 
<laughs> yeah, which which X-Men? What we did Wait. as kids, right? Right. Oh, no, exactly. Well, but Mike, which which original OG X-Men are you? One of the OG. Yeah, I haven't the OG thinking about like as a kid, I definitely would would want to have been Iceman because he was like the young pop off. But mm-hmm. uh, I I love Cyclops, and I feel like he's so underrated. And thousand uh, percent. Ryan and Cassie, even though Cassie is our actual host, they will tell you I'm sitting there in the back going, this is how you do it. You go there and you go there. Anything's only fun if it has a lot of rules. So I think I think I have a lot of Scott Summers in me. Wow, Mike, you and I are kindred spirits. <laughs> it's, it's just like, I, I, I do think you need that bit of a drill sergeant. People complain, but they're like, oh, if you hadn't done, if you hadn't cared so much about this thing that nobody cares about, it wouldn't have been fun. Yeah. You two so, yeah, keep telling yourselves that. Yeah, you- <laughs> yeah it's justification. Uh, I want to talk about. I think. I think a really fascinating, and I don't know if it's just online or if you do it on the podcast as well. Is Bar Sinister, where you assign and make drinks to different characters. Uh, how did that form? Is, is there one main creative force behind it? It's Brent. Brent's the creative force behind it. Uh, yeah. Brent is. Um, his like hobby outside of podcasting uh, is he's a wonderful chef and he's a really great mixologist too. And so he wanted to do this. He, this is how he wanted to like do the additional contribution to the podcast. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, You know, we help him kind of come up with like, he'll come up with a concoction and like, we'll give us the ingredients and then like, you know what the coloration is. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, Oh, that looks like mystique. That looks like Wolverine. That looks like Cyclops, whatever. You know, we just had one that we released this week. Uh, you know, it's if you've been watching the Marvel shows and Black Widow, uh, it's the, you know, uh, the Contessa, Valentina, yeah. you know, uh, as played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And uh, it was really fun just him coming up with a cocktail that was like an Amaro club soda uh, and then had this like little like, you know, um, uh, lemon twist in it. And, you know, I was like, that's like, I was like looking for an Italian based Marvel character. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, it's, it's Valentina. Of course, like she's Italian and, you know, and Clark immediately jumped in and agreed with me. And when Clark and I agree, like, it's like, well, what's happening? This is like, <laughs> this is very odd, but uh, Brent is the creative force behind it. Uh, he loves doing it. We love putting it out there. Uh, we hope people are making the cocktails. We've been doing it now for six months. We've got a lot more coming up. So excited about that. Do you make, have you sampled all of them or at least some of them, the drinks? Oh, they're good. Not, yeah. Oh, I don't all of them. There's a lot. At once. Yeah. It just <laughs> yeah, it's one big no, but Brett, it's usually like, uh, especially because obviously being friends, we hang out a lot uh, in DC. And so if we're at his place, like he'll just kind of start mixing certain things. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just him in general. But now there's the added value of being able to be like, what would this be? What could that yeah. be? We did like a young, we're doing like a generational Iceman thing. So there's like young Bobby Iceman came out, I think. We call him Bobby Iceman. <laughs> Bobby Iceman. I love Bobby, Bobby Iceman. Uh, so that came out, I think, last week. And then we're going to do, like, a, a, you know, a normal Iceman. And we're going to do, like, the old, like, Winter Wizard kind of Iceman. Yeah. Um, I, so. I was skimming through it. The, the one that I wanted, I, I'm a big mango fan. I think the Jubilee was, like, a mango-infused tequila. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, you have to brew tea. There, there's that one extra step. But I was like, this feels hard. But <laughs> That's what else am I the do? two, my two favorite, the ones that uh, came up recently, was, like, Iska the Unbeaten and then Sebastian Shaw. And it was basically just, like, you take one ingredient, you pour it into a cup. You take the other ingredient, you pour it into the cup. You drink it. That's it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my kind of drink, like, cocktail recipe. <laughs> 
Uh, last kind of area before we we slip into the speed round, I guess the two big things are what what are the comic book because we're a comic book TV show. You guys are a comic book show, but what are the comic book TV shows that have really hit? Uh, did you guys force yourself to watch The Gifted, even though it was garbage, just because it was X Men based? We recapped it weekly, <laughs> oh, and then no. wasn't yeah, that and awful? It, and then we stopped. Yeah. And then we stopped. And if it's one thing we're bad at, it's hiding our uh, feelings about how bad we think something is. <laughs> it felt like middle schoolers trying to make a TV show. It was bananas. Well, even worse than The Gifted was Runaways, which was on Hulu. And it was really that was really sad because it, the comic it's based on, especially the, the original run, is a lot of fun. It's one of our favorites. Yeah, uh, it's definitely like Ryan Krell's favorites. And the funniest thing was like, after like, you know, they released the first three episodes. I was like, I don't know if this is good. And I was, <laughs> I felt I was like the dissenting voice at first. Yeah. And then everybody else kind of came along and Ryan was like, y'all are fucking stupid. It's good. <laughs> it's better than every CW show. Like, That's our Ryan. Ryan, Ryan sometimes gets like, like, even though Clark and I are sometimes oppositional forces, Ryan and I can be very oppositional sometimes just mm. based on like, just who we are as people. And then finally, after episode five or six, he's like, you guys are right. The show is bullshit. It sucks. It's not good. It's like all the kids suck. The parents suck. You know? Yeah, we've definitely, like, we've, we early on, we felt we had to review everything. Right. And, you know, now we've come to the uh, conclusion that's like, look, you know, time is finite. We want to just talk about the stuff that we generally love or if it's so bad that it could be good like the Zack snyder justice like we had to review it just because mm-hmm. it was like there was so much you know hype around it but like mm-hmm. we were fans of doom patrol and you yeah. know i haven't started the third season yet but i've heard like kind of mixed things and nobody sounds really excited about it it's like and if there's no excitement either positively or negatively there's like it's going to come through on podcasts yeah. and like we don't want to do that you know for ourselves or for our listeners yeah, we got to follow the fun is what it's an old improv rule. Someone once told me <laughs> and I use it every day, but I do think that that is very true because it is. A, I mean, it's, it's fun if you're going to do like fun shitting on something, but if you just yeah. sit around complaining about it, it's not really interesting. The thing that like blew me away most recently for uh, car- comic television was invincible. I hadn't mm. really read the book books and I, that, and then the voice Amazon to me is killing it. And the actual, like, comic tv space because i think they're taking existing concepts and making them far better than i think their original material yeah. i don't know that much about invincible but certainly i read one issue of the boys and was like no oh <laughs> it, the, the boys the tv show gets the, the pitch of the boys comics is what the boys tv show is that the boys comics it feels like they were like but everything's gross and isn't that awesome and uh rape and the tv show was like what if we had something to say though about sexual assault what if we weren't just like yeah oh i'm sorry Gar- yeah it's just I, I gotta go on this tangent because garth ennis is yeah. sometimes an amazing writer if you've read preacher or hitman of the 90s but like his more puerile and sometimes like very like kind of conservative point of view comes uh-huh. through and it's like it's it's very juvenile it's very like you know uh guys who defend like stand-up comics who are like who haven't <laughs> stopped making jokes from 2006 right. you know well, freedom of speech like everything can be funny i'm like no fuck you some things you know like you shouldn't you just shouldn't like make light of like that's what i feel about garth ennis and which is sad because he was one of my favorite writers growing up that's a sign of growing up is you're like oh my heroes have betrayed me <laughs> <laughs> we well, just like you exactly. get older you're just like this isn't funny this is weird. like your taste yeah. should change as you get yeah. older like that's to go back to the point like we're all big nerds but like what I think about and how I like 
think about the things that I love. Like it's very different. It's more, I would hope mature sense of looking mm-hmm. at things than just being like, wait, no, I still want the things I loved when I was 12. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I actually, we cleaned out our, uh, very, very tangent real quick, but I, I cleaned out my family's house uh, a couple like last year and I pulled out these like stack of comics that we had. And I'm like, those, all those things, my pick lists on Tuesdays that were not even like really high quality things. I was like, yeah, that art is pretty or Ooh, like that sort of looks like manga. I'll get that. <laughs> I read them and I'm like, good Lord, this is what were you thinking? <laughs> <Sort of stuff laughs> well, that's how you, you get taste though. Right. You, you dig through a lot of trash and then you start to be like, good, bad, 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 real yes, bad. So exactly. bad. Good. Uh, all right. We're going to, we're going to, curve into the speed round because zoom's yelling at me uh so we're gonna do a question from the last guest our quick speed rounds and then the last thing is you have to have a question for the next guest and we don't know who Ooh. they are so this is from jamie price who's a podcast voice actor and musician uh jamie says name a scene in a movie done all in cgi you would like to see redone with practical effects oh my gosh um oh uh matrix revolutions uh Wait, is that the second one or the third one? Second Matrix, whatever made the second one is uh-huh. uh, the 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 burly fight with like Neo and uh, the hundred Agent Smiths. Damn it, that was really way to- <laughs> that is one of the worst CGI scenes I've ever seen. It was from Reloaded, yeah, yeah, Reloaded, Reloaded. Fight. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if if you did it old boy style, where you really did have like dozens of actors dressed the same, just <laughs> running at Neo, it would be sick. Yeah, that would be really cool. Oh, why do I, uh, God damn it. That's something I always think about for CGI. I do think, uh, I'll say the entire movie of the ring too, because not only that movie was really <laughs> bad, but it definitely, I hate in horror when it gets more money, they immediately go away from practical effects. Uh, I'm a huge horror fan. And I just like, nothing ruins a movie faster than having CGI in horror movies. Oh no, this cartoon will kill me instead of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. it no longer has like, yeah, you want Samara to have weight. Yeah. And, oh and my tactile. God. Yeah. Well, and I found I, that way about it part two. Oh, um, yes. oh yeah, no, that's another that you're exactly right. That whole move, the first one was excellent. Like when they they redid it, and then the second one was just it was like it was still fine. It was like a good wrap up. But you're still like, what the? Why are you wasting all this time on the CGI? Yeah, it's not scary at all. Yeah. All right, first nerd thing you bought with your own money. Jeez. Mm, uh, it was Age of Apocalypse. Nice. Like Omega uh, Alpha, the Alpha issue, and then I would go back each week because I had my own money and I finally had a car. I had to plan on my mom to drive me there. I am going. I'm trying to like literally like think of a mul- multiple things. I'm going to say because it's right in my mind. I think I bought an X Men 2099 poster when they had first released, and I hung it up in my room. And I it was like X Men 2099. That was a <laughs> first. I like such beautiful. Like all the characters were so fucking cool. I think yeah. I barely read like two issues, but I was just like, I love X Men 2099. I had a T-shirt. <laughs> I had a T-shirt because this comic book store to go, to, and, and I was like, this is going to be the next big thing. No, no, no they, they would never come again. Uh, first fictional crush slash current fictional crush. Ooh. Ooh okay. Uh, so mine. Okay, I was six years old. So let's start with that. It was a. The main character named Esteban from The Mysterious Cities of Gold. And it was a French cartoon that was animated in Japan all about, like, the New World and, like, the Spanish conquistadors coming over. But it was done in a sci-fi realm. And so I wasn't even sure, like, I don't know what, like, gay or straight really meant then. Right. I just remember being having a crush on this, like, 13-year-old boy while I was, like, 7 years old. Uh, and current fictional crush, good lord, um... Oh, maybe Loki. 
Oh, sure. Like, why not? Oh, that does fit yeah. your taste. Yeah, that's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, first, for me, I fuck. I like had it in my head, and then I lost it. Uh, I was trying to think of like full on cartoon. <laughs> I was going to make the joke that it was the Prince of Egypt, but then I just like I didn't really see that movie. It's one of my boyfriend's favorite movies. Oh, it was Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. I feel like okay. he was like very quintessentially like wanted to both like have him as a partner, but also be him because he's so mm-hmm. cool. Uh, and then current fictional crush, um, definitely it is Captain America. Chris Evans is Captain America. Just works out so fucking well. I think he's such a cool character. Like they wrote him so well, and I'm just like, what a great guy. Like he really is Captain America. Yeah. Oh, I can I just say I love. I love it when Adam really is as basic as the rest of us. Cause he's like, <laughs> no, what do you like him for his personality? No, you like him. Cause he's hot as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, but no, Those he's such arms, a guy ass. in and out of costume. Yeah, I know it's America's ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which fictional character do you think you could make into a cake? Like I Long could Herman? make, like bake the person into a cake. <laughs> yeah. Like bake a cake shaped like them, or I guess murder them by killing, putting them in a cake. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's, two it's, different paths. it's definitely Glob Herman. He's already gelatinous. So you can just <laughs> get like crazy. a little, like, you know, thing. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to do like a mojo cake. Cause to your point, yes. it's just like a blob, but you can serve it on a very cool, like leg based serving tray with like its own, like tail sticking out of it and stuff. So I feel like you could do a lot. Um, dope. I love it. I don't know how you do his like weird mechanical dreads that he uh-huh. has, but <laughs> spray like spray sugar strings or something on it. Favorite X run or X author. Oh gosh. I mean, I think it has to be like the current Jonathan Hickman stuff. I mean, like Grant Morrison's wonderful, obviously Chris, Chris Claremont, like from a number of years in the eighties is great, but like the Hickman stuff has been, and as this jaded X fan, like I've been, generally blown away even though there's been some missteps here and there uh it's just it's made the x-men relevant uh poignant and just the next great evolution of like what should happen i yeah i feel like i feel like because we're an x-men podcast we have other ones but i also agree that i've really enjoyed all of the stuff that's coming out of Hickman right now but special place in my heart i'll always say it's my favorite it was the age of apocalypse like mm-hmm super series kind of stuff. It just really solidified for me, like how much I enjoyed it and then getting all the compendiums together more. Like when I was like right around college, I was like, I fucking love this. It makes me so happy. Um, Cause I'm also a sucker for dystopian futures that always end yeah. like with people. I love permadeath and like series, <laughs> whether it's TV, comics, games, whatever. So I'm just, I was so happy that I'm like anybody, anything could happen. And this is like, this is it. That's the end. Yeah. Like there's no 17 more issues later where someone gets resurrected or what have you. Just keep them dead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Finally, question for the next guest. If you could write any superhero or superhero team, what would it be? Is it two questions or is it that ours? No, <laughs> you, like can, you, you each get one. You're, you're in. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> if you could be in a, <laughs> it's like going to add a lot of adjectives to it, like a firmly committed relationship with one superhero, who would it be and why? I like it. I like both of those. Thank you, Kalen. Thank you, Adam, for joining us at Homo Superior on Twitter, on all the podcatchers. Anything else that you'd want to plug before Zoom cuts us off right here in a minute? <laughs> uh, no, thanks so much for having us, Mike. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, as obvi- obviously, you can tell we love talking about ourselves. Yeah, and thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you both. Take care. See? That, w- that was honestly delightful. I cannot believe how good it was. Um, 
Mostly on their part. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's unfair. 100% on their part. You are a dud. You're a fucking turd in the pool of like this gentle bliss, this like... I don't know. It's this really fun pool with clean water that is just nice to be in. And then you're this like little piece of poop. But it's that piece of poop that lets you know. I mean, if something's just good, it's just good and you forget about it. But then when you see a piece of poop, you're like, oh, man, things were so great before this piece of poop showed. Oh, no. And it really makes you appreciate I it. I wouldn't know how like incredible they were if it wasn't for that piece of poop in the middle. Exactly. How shitty I was really brought out Adam and Kaylin's So then I guess you, charm. I, you, you did your job. Uh, I want to let everybody know, and I'm sure we'll remind you on our social media. Uh, Kalen is on the panel at Thanksgiving Comic Con in San Diego. He's on the X Men fan cast panel. So go check that out if you're going to the San Diego Thanksgiving Day Comic Con. It's probably not Thanksgiving Day, right? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Look, you people don't want to see your family anyway. But that is all the time we have. Ryan, what are some websites people should go to? Oh, my God, Mike. Are we switching up the things that we do every week? I would love that. Okay, here we go. Uh, yourpopfilter.com is the official home base for everything that me and Mike and Cassie and Greg and everyone here at PopFilter do. Yourpopfilter.com is where you can get our podcast and our articles. Thank you, Alex. Uh, everything that we do is there. Yourpopfilter.com. Also, Mike, yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon is actually going to be your new Amazon bookmark. Oh, make that your new place that you go to uh, shop for Amazon things, and then we get a little chunk of change. And then is there one more? Is it Patreon.com slash Pop Filter? You're doing it. You're doing it. Slash your pop. Slash filter. your pop filter. That's where you can subscribe and say, "What is this podcast? Free bullshit." I will no longer have it for free. I will have it for free, but I would like additional stuff because free is too expensive when you think about it. And so then you can pay a little bit of money to get extra stuff. Extra stuff like extra segments. If you thought that Disney Plus day was segment was too short, Mike, you and I did an incredible. We got a whole extra 20 minutes of that, I think, for you. <laughs> 20 minutes of more Disney Plus day stuff. Uh, and that's every week, by the way. Every week you're getting more uh, superhero show show, more movie of the year, uh, only on patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. If... Ryan just mentioned Movie of the Year. That is another show. If you liked this, you'd probably like that. It's Ryan and I, plus our friend Greg. This season, we're going through 1991. We're picking the best movie of that year. Uh, the late, great Cassie, who's turning probably not 20-something anymore today, is uh, on the Unnatural 20s, which they're going to change that name eventually, where they leave the fate of each episode to the role of the D20s. We'll talk about pop culture and all kinds of other stuff. Ryan, how can people get in touch with us? Uh, first of all, Mike, I do want to point out an important thing that it's crazy how Cassie every year gets older, but you and I stay the same age, and eventually she will pass us up. Right That's now, it's crazy. close, it's... but soon right. she will be older than us. And that'll feel right. That That is where God wanted it to be. Uh, how do you get in touch with us, Mike? Uh, it's contact at yourpotfilter.com, plus all social medias, including the ones, the few ones that we're actually on. Uh, Twitter at your pop filter, Instagram at your pop filter, Snapchat at up your butt Joe Boo, mm-hmm. and spelled how you think TikTok at what's TikTok I'm old dot com slash biz. Yeah, do you want to see us open up boxes and pretend to be delighted? Head over there, Ryan. Yes, next week it is the last of the Hulu Marvel show debuts with hit monkey i am so sad that cassie's not here because what the fuck would that mean to her 
None. No. It barely means anything to me, honestly. It's crazy. Uh, plus the return of the Flash in Riverdale. Oh, not just the return of the Flash in Riverdale. We get two fucking week-long events with these two. It's Flash Armageddon and Riverdale Sabrina Spellman. Unbelievable. And, Ryan, you sit down with comedian and Spider-Man superfan Will Hines. What a time to be alive. That's all she wrote, Nuff said. That's all she wrote, Nuff said. It is, it is. It is.